Then Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake. Welcome, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, God is here, God's Spirit is with us, and God is with you wherever you are. Hi everyone, my name's Cathy Ross, and I head up the Pioneer Leadership Training at Church Mission Society, CMS in Oxford. CMS is an Anglican mission organisation founded about 200 years ago in 1799, and it has people working all over the world. And we think it's absolutely fantastic to have our Pioneer Leadership Training housed at CMS, based at CMS, because we really appreciate all the cross-cultural insights we've learned from cross-cultural mission over the years and the centuries, and also the global perspective that it gives us and our students. And we know now just how important it is to have those global perspectives. In fact, we were reminded of that in the recent Archbishop's anti-racism report from Lament to Action, where there were recommendations that students should be studying theology from other parts of the world. So we love exposing students to that, and we have many people from other parts of the world passing through and in our courses. So it's really great opportunity and fantastic to be in CMS. And I'm Johnny Baker. I work with Cathy on the Pioneer Training and um, I'm involved in supporting missions, things that CMS are doing in Britain. Um, the service today, all the people taking part are pioneers who are involved in mission. So we're, we're looking forward to them sharing with you. So we're going to get in the boat. Today's reading is taken from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord.
For five years I have lived with limited energy and disability. I've learned to follow Jesus' advice and rest when I need to. For me this verse was a blessing on days when I needed to take myself away, regain my energy and focus. Since catching Covid at the end of last year my energy has been cut even further thanks to long Covid and I've needed to prioritise rest above everything else. Every hour I need to go to the other side of the lake and the meaning of this verse has grown into rest, recuperation and refreshment. I rest in nature, from something as simple as listening to birdsong at dawn or making it out to the garden or the wonderful joy of being by the sea again. I recuperate in creativity, mainly art and poetry. And I need refreshment, which I find in prayer every morning every evening, in my creativity and in my rest. Prayer refreshes my soul and my body as I rest at the other side of the lake. One of the oldest ways of praying is using our breath as a means of prayer. So uh, take a deep breath in and as you breathe in, just use the lines from that song. Let all the tumult within me cease. And then breathe out, and as you breathe out, enfold me, Lord, in your peace. In, let all the tumult within me cease. Out, enfold me, Lord, in your peace.
Amen. So, Johnny, when we were asked to lead the service for the CV and you looked up the lectionary reading for the day, you were amazed and delighted, I think, because the reading is one that we've been using at CMS to frame all that we're doing and uh, some of our future ideas and vision. So just tell us why are you so excited about this reading? Yeah, that, that was amazing, I thought. I couldn't quite believe it. But yeah, I absolutely love this um, this passage um, where Jesus says, let's go to the other side of the lake. And it's in Mark's Gospel. And before that, um, Jesus has done ministry, uh, first of all, off, off in the churchy space, so the synagogue, and then in people's homes, like Peter's mother-in-law, and then with the crowds. <clears throat> but then there's this other thing which is he says to the disciples let's go to the other side of the lake and you think why would he say that everything is going so well where they are um, and the other side of the lake is gentile territory it's um, in the you know they end up in the tombs which is unclean so you just think why does he go to that space but that, that's what I love about it because I think in terms of CMS and pioneers that we work with, <clears throat> we're all about the other side of the lake. You need ministry in the other spaces too. So the church space, homes, public, but actually the edges, the margins, the other side of the lake. So that's, that's why I really love that passage. <clears throat> I mean, th this passage, Kathy, I think has been, I've heard it talked about a lot actually through coronavirus because of the storm. And it feels like we're going through a storm or in a storm or something. So. What are your reflections on that part of the story? Yeah, I mean, it does feel like we've been going through a storm since last year, doesn't it? With COVID-19 and just so much suffering and grief and trauma and loss, so much change. So it really feels like a storm has been buffeting us. But, you know, without wanting to minimise all the suffering and the grief, it's also, I think, an opportunity, a catalyst, a provocation I remember at the beginning of the first lockdown reading something by Indian novelist Arundhati Roy, where she said she talked about the pandemic as a portal and do we have the courage, can we take the risk to walk through this portal and leave behind some of our baggage and try and enter a new world and not just go back to the old normal, but it's an opportunity to create something new, especially with the inspiration of power of the spirit. So I've done quite a bit of thinking about the storm and trying to sort of reframe it as something a bit more positive. And I guess the other thing that intrigues me about this passage is that either Jesus was totally exhausted or he was just completely at peace because he's sleeping during the storm. And you think, how on earth did he manage that? And the disciples are terrified and there's a storm raging on and yet he's, at, he's peacefully asleep. So I think it kind of gives me hope too that when we get through the storm, there is possibilities and newness and an opportunity for for a new adventure I guess for something new to happen and in a sense maybe that's what happens when they get to the other side of the lake I don't know what do you think yeah no I like that <clears throat> and um I mean we didn't hear the second part of the story of what happens on the other side of the lake so when they get there they're in the tombs and there's this guy who has been in chains and breaks the chains and is um you know, tormented by spirits called legion. And I, I think legion must remind people of the Roman Empire. So there's a sense of domination for the situation and his own troubles. But the, the thing that happens on the other side of the lake is through an encounter with Jesus, um, he gets 
healed, transformed. So that's, I love that on the other side of the lake. But one of the things I really, really love about this story when I think about pioneers is that the guy wants to go back with Jesus to Jerusalem. He wants to get in the boat, but Jesus says, no, you need to stay where you are. And I think in terms of mission, that's really significant that people need to stay in their own culture, not come and be like, be like us. Um, and then Jesus says to him, go, you know, go to your own people and tell them what God has done for you. And the best person to share good news is someone who's culturally close, I think, to, to someone else. So I love that about the story. And then, I mean, I was thinking about it in terms of the Church of England and, and fresh expressions. A couple of years ago at Synod, the, the Church of England has, you know, passed a, a motion saying that every parish in the country should think about having uh, an expression of church that reaches people who are not going to come to church as it is. So whilst this story sounds exotic and wild with Jesus, actually those places are, are everywhere. And certainly at CMS, this story, I would say, has rocked us to the core in that it's made us think about what does it mean to make disciples on the other side of the lake. That's right at the core of what we feel God has called us to do. So we're recalibrating, rethinking around that, that purpose. So, yeah, love this story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a great metaphor for mission, isn't it? The other side of the lake and such great themes of healing and transformation and witness. Just a great missional story. So what we'd like to do now is just a brief moment of pause and ponder. Perhaps you'd like to think about this metaphor the other side of the lake and just reflect on what that might mean for you in your context, your parish, your church community, your village, your town, your city. Just take a moment to pause and ponder on what the other side of the lake means for you. And now we're going to hear um, some reflections from several of our pioneers, many of whom have trained with us at CMS. They're going to tell us what the other side of the lake means for them in their contexts. Hello, my name's Anne-Marie Wilson and I'm the founder and director of 28 Too Many and have been working under CMS, the Church Mission Society, for about 10 years. I was delighted when they took me on as a mission partner because my heart has always been at the margins, the people forgotten, the people who endure child marriage, the people who are burdened with the trauma of female genital mutilation, who've got mental health issues, etc. When CMS took me on, I spent the first five to ten years of my work working in Africa mostly and really crossing the pond to go from the UK to other places to share the knowledge and research of ending FGM and saw a dramatic impact we've, we've done. We've actually seen a reduction in 10 countries of 10% over the 10 years I've been working on it. Now it's my time for health reasons to be based in the UK and see other people crossing the pond to come back here. I had a really good example over COVID of an ambulance driver who was a young Nigerian man working in, in England as a, as a paramedic, as a, an ambulance driver, and he had come from the other side of the pond from where I once had been. He had been educated in Christianity, but not made a commitment. And I talked about um, my faith after he asked me how I may manage through my health issues. I said, it's really very simple. You just commit to, to God coming into your life and 
I said, you could make that pledge and it would be as simple as that. And he went very quiet and I thought, I've overstepped the mark for the rest of the journey. When we got to the other side at the hospital, he put his hands out, asked for me to pray to him, for, to God, for him to have Jesus come into his life. And he made that commitment and is now in the kingdom. So I think really working in this, this ministry, it's really about everyday kindness and loving acts and sharing your faith as I do with people who are at the end of their life, people who've got pastoral issues in my church and people who have had FGM and may or may not have a faith that we share, but it's giving out those, those acts of kindness and sharing our faith in everyday situations with all people at the margins. Thank you. Hi, my name is Erica Biscoe and I pioneer a ministry called Cherish, preparing the mind and bodies of young women over a six week course teaching manicure techniques whilst discussing life issues and discovering the book of Esther. Over the past 12 months, we have all weathered a storm, but in different boats. And as a pioneer, after my initial what now, as the world slowly shut down, I embraced the, digi the digital age and moved Cherish online. This has opened up opportunities for me that have included running Cherish with local teenage girls that struggled through the first lockdown and recently running the course to train women to run Cherish in their own context, which means it has allowed a lady as far as Kenya to join. So, as I continue to sat-nav with Jesus to the other side of the lake with some trepidation and continuous unknown on the future of Cherish, I feel he is asking me to remember the calling he has put on my life and to know that I was made for such a time as this. Hi everyone, when thinking about the other side of the lake, for me it literally is the other side of the road, opposite uh, my church. There's a set of three uh, council flats in which I lived for 12 years with my, myself, with my family. And so it was during this time that we would spend many times chatting with neighbours. And there was one particular time when having beers on the stairwell, I was catching up with a neighbour. We talked about our younger lives and what we used to get up to. And he expressed how hard it was to go and get fit and how he used to box when he was younger. And so we were talking about the struggles of family life and spending that time. So that night I went to bed and I wondered if God was calling me to respond. And long and behold, yes, I felt he was. And so I went and got some seed money to buy boxing equipment to get some training. And then we created a boxing gym for the community. And it's been absolutely a wonderful joy to be able to run, to invite people to participate in what does it mean to explore faith or spirituality, where we've tried many different things from doing Maundy Thursday in a local curry house, um, to inviting them to say, look, this is a church we want to create and be a part of. And so we tried to spend a lot of time in kind of exploring life and faith with these guys, up until the point where five of them decided the faith was for them. And so they wanted to be baptized. So we created a boxing ring in the church we put a pool in the ring and we did ring walks and we explored a different kind of church for these guys. For me, being the other side of the lake is being in a place where we've learned how to live with creation, where we've learned how to build communities that really work, where we're leaving fossil fuels in the ground 
And sustainable living is not the privilege of the few at the cost of the many. The other side of the lake has dark skies at night and biodiversity has had opportunity to bounce back. And we as Christians have had time to reflect not only on the scriptures, but on the beauty of this planet and understand who we're truly called to be. And I understand that getting to that place is going to be difficult and challenging and that, that it may well be stormy. But Jesus is in the boat with us. And I think we're called to find that place on the other side of the lake together and look towards the new creation here on earth. Crossing over to the other side of the lake for me means choosing to live in a place that's mostly been written off. Not really the kind of place people are recommended to buy a house or raise their kids. It means living in solidarity with people. People who, like the Gerasene man, are still living in chains amongst the tombs. And the tombs here have to do with layers of poverty, oppression, addiction, trauma, disconnect. Tombs placed away from where people who have the resources get to get on with their lives. And the other side of the lake for me is also about an inner movement as much as it has been about physically relocating. It's about being able to step out of my own story and meet people where they're at and finding wisdom and treasure and God there as well as sharing the Jesus I know, a love that's life-giving and liberating. So really it's a liberation for me as much as for anyone else. Hello, my name is Idina Dunmore. I am pioneer curate at St John's Church in Southall in West London. As I reflect on Jesus' ministry on the other side of the lake, I've been considering our context here in Southall. At St John's Church, each Sunday morning, we have a traditional service, but we have started a fresh expressions informal congregation on Sunday afternoons that we call the table. Here, people from our community gather from different faith backgrounds and different cultures and learn and worship Jesus together. Today, here at the table, we've been asking the question that Jesus' disciples asked of him. Lord, how? Teach us to pray. And linking that to the global movement, thy kingdom come. We've been using prayer stations to encourage our praying, saying to God, thank you, sorry, please help. Here, as a church together, we seek to learn from and support one another. And as we do so, we pray and experience Jesus' healing, just as the people of Gennesaret experienced. We experience that healing for ourselves and our community. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Let us declare our faith in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried. 
He was, he was raised, raised to life on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. Afterwards, he appeared to his followers and to all the apostles. This we have received, and this we believe. Amen. My vision, oh Lord, my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art, thou my best in the day and the night, both waking sleeping thy presence my life be thou my wisdom be thou my true word I have always and thou of my 
Psalm 9, 9 to 20. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion, proclaim upon the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers, he does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up through the gates of death that I may declare your praises in the gates of daughter Zion and there rejoice in your salvation. The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net that they have hidden. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead, all the nations that forget God. But God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Arise, Lord, do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, Lord. Let the nations know that they are only mortal. We're going to pray a little bit differently today. We're going to use our bodies and we're going to use something called a compass prayer where we are going to turn to each of the four points of the compass and have a different focus and reflection for, for our intercessions. We're going to also, at the end of each sequence, leave a, sh uh, a short silence and then we're going to say all together, still our storms and let us know your peace. We're going to begin by putting our hands together in a prayer position at our, at our centre and we are going to face to start the north. We pray for those who are in the north of our own country or in the north of their own country. And we remember those who are in the eye of the storm, suffering because of the pandemic, war, conflict, facing discrimination and injustice. Or for those who are needing to hear the words of Jesus. be still. And for us all, needing to know our understanding of our own poverty of spirit, our need of God. Still, still our storms. storms. And, and let, let us, us know, know your, your peace. peace. We drop our hands and we turn to the east. And then we bring our hands back into prayer position. We remember those living in the east of our country, in the east of their own countries, 
we remember India and the storm that rages there. The poor across the globe, crushed by poverty. And the Far East, for a greater awareness and understanding of our interconnectedness and awareness of our interdependence. Our storms, and let us know your peace. And we drop our hands and we turn to the south. And we bring our hands back into prayer position. We pray for those in the south of our country and in the south of their own countries. We pray as we come out of this pandemic that we would hear Jesus's words of invitation to cross over to the other side of the lake. An invitation to a new way of thinking, a new way of living, a reformation. And for the church to hear God's call to get into the boat and cross to the other side. What might that mean for the church? What might that look like for us all? Still our storms and let us know your peace. And now we turn to the West. For those living in the West of our country and the West of their own country. For the West, for the rich nations of the US and Europe, for the inequality of the rich and the poor, for greater cooperation and working together, taking responsibility for our climate crisis, working for change so there is a fairer and more just world. Still our storms and let us know your peace. Let's pray. God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face shine upon us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May your ways be known on the earth and your saving power among the nations. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. And you, Lord, have made known your salvation and reveal your justice in the sight of the nations. Lord, have mercy.
Lord, have mercy. And so may God, who loved the world so much, that he sent his Son to be our Saviour, forgive us our sin, and make us holy to serve him in the world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now the collect. God, our Saviour, look on this wounded world in pity and in power. Hold us fast to your promise of peace, won for us by your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
Thanks so much for joining us today and do feel free to join in with these closing words that will appear in bold on your screen. Thank you for the places where everything is flourishing, but help us to hear you when you say. Let's go over to the other side of the lake. Give us courage. To get in the boat. Thank you for fellow travellers in other boats. Give us friends for the journey. When the storms come in the middle of the night and we wish we'd never set out. You are with us. When the waters rise and we are overwhelmed. You are there. When the time is right. Calm the storm. Help us to follow you. Into risky spaces. Give us your compassion. For those in chains. Free the oppressed. Send their demons over the cliff. When we're tempted to take them back to Jerusalem. Let them stay in their own culture and share the good news with their own people. May your kingdom come, your will be done on the other side of the lake. Amen.